Good morning. It is good to be with all of you this morning. Uh, this is a, a beautiful weekend we've had, first of all. Uh, this is a lovely day. Uh, our sanctuary uh, is, is coming back to life. This is what I was hoping for for the fall, and I continue to await uh, even more, uh, and it, it truly is wonderful to be with you. I don't know about you, uh, these last few weeks for me personally, uh, and for the life of the church, or maybe the behind-the-scenes life of the church, uh, has been very busy. There is, uh, it, so if a Friday email looks like a lot's going on, that probably means under the surface there's a lot more going on than you even might realize. Uh, and uh, there's a lot going on. And one of the big things that just right up front that I want to say, and uh, it's already been mentioned in the announcements, uh, is that next Sunday, uh, at this time, uh, we will all be doing something different. Uh, we will have had our worship time together that began at 9.45 instead of at 11, uh, and we will be either uh, in a Sunday school period, uh, or uh, you might be uh, enjoying a frittata somewhere uh, after you have worshiped together with us uh, and uh, made your way out those back doors to change the world. Uh, we, you may be wondering, and I've already kind of said this, but it's worth uh, saying again uh, why we are making this change. Uh, so if at 9.45 we get to worship together, uh, then on the uh, bookends of that time, uh, we are doing uh, our what I often call education time together, right? And there's two things that get to happen when we double our education time. We double our education space, uh, and therefore, it creates opportunity for two things. One thing is that it is less crowded uh, in here and uh, downstairs in the fellowship hall. Uh, if you've been in the fellowship hall uh, when uh, it's uh, fully in session, uh, so that all of the kids' ministries are happening and all of the youth ministries are happening and the college kids are here uh, and the, uh, there's, a, there's probably a, a prayer group meeting in either the kitchen or some closet somewhere. <laughs> or, uh, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful and it's really full. Uh, and so part of the goal is to create a better, uh, to use a, a nice academic phrase, a learning environment a learning environment for uh, our, our students and for our adults, so that as we gather together, there's simply space. And the space creates a second opportunity, which is space for growth, so that when a new family arrives and they have kids and they walk down into that uh, fellowship hall area, they feel like, oh, yeah, there's, there's room for us here. I, I think a third uh, kind of Thing that works out uh, is that during this COVID period, um, space is a, is a premium, <laughs> and so this gives us an opportunity uh, as we continue to walk through this trying season uh, in our history uh, to, uh, to give us a, a little extra space to work with. Before we begin the, the sermon, I, I'd ask that you uh, go to God in prayer with me. Let's pray together. God our Father, Almighty, 
maker of the heavens and the earth, all that we see, all that we've known. God, we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, may your spirit rest upon us now. Lord, as we think about the person and the work of Jesus this morning and what he has done for us and continues to do and his lordship upon our lives and upon this church, God, may we be moved. May we be agents of change in the community that's around us, in the world that is around us. Uh, that desperately needs uh, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, this morning, open our hearts, open our ears, and may we hear you anew. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Uh, Last week, I preached a sermon uh, on the passage about Mary and Martha, and Martha, if you recall, was the one who was really busy, and she was uh, going to and fro, right, and and she had, uh, she was, it said, distracted by everything she was doing. I I felt like Martha all week, just so we're clear. Uh, And then Mary's sitting there at the feet of Jesus, uh, and uh, Martha's like, hey, uh, Jesus, send Mary over this way, And, and Jesus says, no, Mary, Mary found the one thing that's needed, right? And, um, and uh, not to take away from uh, the words of Jesus, uh, <laughs> uh, but man, sometimes I feel like Martha. This week I felt like Martha, like, hey, come on, over here. And then there's that one thing that is needed, right? And uh, this week, um, I want to build on that. And I want to remind us, because that one thing that needed, uh, is needed, is like really, really important. Our Old Testament passage for today is, is from Psalm 127. It's uh, just one verse, and I'll, I'll read it for us quickly. It, it's kind of the same theme, and it's that unless the Lord builds the house, right, unless that one thing that's needed, the Lord is doing it, He's building that foundation, Unless it's, it, the Lord is in it, those who build it labor in vain. You can build all the houses you want, but if the Lord isn't in it, you're laboring in vain. Or, or the second analogy, unless the Lord watches over the city, well, the watchman stays awake in vain. And so everything I'm going to say in this sermon, in my mind, is standing upon last week's sermon which is to say that really one thing is needed. There is that one ground level that we're always standing on, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But sometimes there is a call to action, right? In fact, this feels a lot like, I think I've said this recently, it's always hard for me to remember uh, everything that gets said from up here. Uh, So uh, I think I said this recently, the very first sermon I preached uh, from this pulpit uh, as the pastor, there was the the time I was auditioning to be the pastor, Uh, but uh, as pastor, uh, was on on resting, right, and on kind of set, like being a church that, uh, that, that knows how to, to rest. 
And then week two was, I think the sermon was titled, Let's Get to Work, right? And, uh, and I'll say, like, these two things, uh, whether I realized it or not at the time, have, have really been a theme or theme, du- dual themes uh, in my, my own understanding of what it means to be the church and, and what it means for South Run to be the church. Uh, knowing how to rest and knowing how to work, and knowing how these two things uh, need to fit together, and we need to hold them together, and you can't just have one without the other, or the other without the one. And when I think about Jesus' statement to Mary, that one thing is needed, and maybe I'm pushing too much here or there, but uh, it feels like the, the resting or the, the pulling back all of the, the work and reminding ourselves of what we're resting on. But there is the, the service side of things, too. There's the work side as well, and that's what I really want to get into today. Tomorrow's Labor Day. Uh, I think I have the day off. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. No, we're, uh, we're, we, have, we have plans tomorrow. I hope you have the day off uh, and you plan to spend it wisely. Uh, with your family or, or with friends or uh, doing something uh, that uh, gives you a sense of, of rest from your labors. But it's also a good time to reflect on labor, right? On labor, what it means to work and to work well. And um, this summer, if you recall, we spent a lot of time talking about what it means uh, to be sanctuary, to be a sanctuary, that one of our values as a church is, is sanctuary. Uh, and one of the themes that arose indeed was exactly what I've already mentioned, which is this relationship that, that exists between, between resting, which feels very sanctuary-like, uh, and working, which might not feel as much sanctuary-like which is why I'm going to remind you of, of how that fits in uh, very briefly here. You see, when I think about what it means to live into this value of sanctuary, um, well, let me pull back a second and say that a few years ago, as the council was meeting, we met a number of times to talk about and to kind of craft these five values. And I think it was Aaron Mercer who really uh, came up with the word sanctuary. And I'm grateful because I think we were going in a few other directions at this point. And it's one that I've come back to again and again and again. And I just feel like it's this, uh, this wonderfully, uh, almost like bottomless uh, wealth uh, of ideas and, and what it means to be not just the church, but where, where I do believe that God is pushing all of humanity, where redemption ends up. So if we begin in sanctuary in Eden, we, we end in sanctuary in the New Jerusalem, right? And if it means one thing, and I think it means a lot of things, but it definitely means God's presence, right? And so if we as a church are going to be sanctuary, if, it, if we're going to do one thing, we, we should be a place where God is present. 
In Eden, that looked like God walking with Adam and Eve. In the temple, the tabernacle, it looks like God's Shekinah glory sitting upon it. In the, in the New Jerusalem, it looks like God saying in Revelation 21, verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them. It is God's presence. It's also a place of, of rest, sanctuary, and refuge. We've talked enough about this. On the seventh day, even God rests. Sabbath is given to us for us to rest. Noah has a name that means stop or rest, right? Resting is a big part of what's happening both in the Old and the New Testament. But there's this other peace, and it's the one I really want to focus on today, and it's the word you're probably not expecting me to say unless you really paid attention this summer, took notes, and like kept coming back to them, but the word is worship, right? The word is worship. What does it mean for us to worship together? And you might think, and you wouldn't be wrong, that it means to come together and to praise God and to sing songs. That's certainly worship. But the word itself means more. It, 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 in fact, uh, it is the same word that means to serve, right? To serve. When we serve, we are worshiping. There's a very active sense in what it means to worship, what it means to be in the world, serving God's purposes in the world, is an act of worship. And I find this highly illuminating and gives purpose not just to my job, as I said last week, the professional Christian up here. It gives purpose to your life as you serve God in your places of work, in your schools, wherever you are in your neighborhoods. Right? You are serving God and thereby worshiping God in what you do on a daily basis. I do believe that. Someone recently said to me <clears throat> that they don't like the phrase work-life balance. I had never heard someone say this before, work-life balance, because I always used the phrase. Maybe you have too. And they said the reason they don't like it is because it assumes that work is not life. <laughs> and that these two things maybe are even at odds with one another. And that, well, I go to work, and then when work is done, living begins. Now, I don't know what kind of work you do. Actually, I do know what kind of work most of you do. But uh, you all do different kinds. Actually, I don't know what kind of work most of you do. I'll be honest. You tell me what you do. And then I think to myself, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, but we all have different work, right? And my hope is, my hope is that for at least some of you, maybe most of you, preferably all of you, there's some kind of life that you are getting out of your working in this world. That it's, all not, it's not all just like uh, this labor and toil, and you just can't wait for the weekend to get here, right? I, I hope that isn't your life. 
I know that it is for some, and I know that uh, even my own job, believe it or not, sometimes feels like toil and less like life. It's not the ideal. It's certainly not the Eden ideal, and it's not the New Jerusalem ideal, but it's the reality of the in-between, is that sometimes our work, it is toil. But that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a life where our working is a serving God. And our working, the things we do, the things we, we wake up in the morning and we, we, we think, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to do these the next nine hours. And in those nine hours, I am serving God. That would be magnificent. I think that's the, well, I'd say it's the best case scenario. Um, but my notes say that there's a different best case scenario here. And really the best, so that's a good, good scenario. But the best, best case scenario, and, and, and frankly why I'm mentioning all this at all, isn't just that you have life, but that your life is an act of worship. And that your life is indeed a serving God in some capacity, in some function. That your life is not just about you, and that your work isn't just about you, and it's not just about bringing joy to your own life, but there's a sense in which you are serving God's purposes out in the world with your life and with your I think the larger point I'm trying to get at is that we can find sanctuary not only in our resting, but in our working too. And to the degree we can do this, our lives become a sanctuary to the people around us. As a church that values sanctuary, it is vitally important that we keep this tension together, the resting and the labor. We are a place that is indeed rest and refuge, and we are a place that worships, and we find life in our labor together. This brings me to the two things I really want to talk about today. Uh, the two things, I think, uh, run parallel to one another. And at this point, I don't know that I even have anything left in my notes that I need to say. I, this is, uh, I, I don't wing sermons uh, ever. And not that I'm winging this. <laughs> but I, I do want to say that what I'm going to tell you is uh, as personal uh, as I think it's ever been for me. Uh, we'll start with the one that's a little less personal and then get to the one that is. And it goes like this. Uh, uh, for, if I've, so I said uh, at the beginning, for the last three weeks, it's been incredibly busy, and I've felt like Martha running here and there and everywhere scattered, right? And uh, what's uh, in part behind the scenes there 
is that we as a church, and I'd say the church in America at large, like uh, COVID-19 has done a, a masterful job on keeping us kind of pushed down and, and doing less. And there are all these ministries uh, that we as a church have had uh, in the past that went dormant for a time. And it's been about a year and a half, and I would love to see all of these ministries uh, just rise to life, right? Uh, and this is our hope, actually. This really is our hope. And, uh, and so uh, there's, uh, you'll see it when you, you get in the back there, uh, sign-up sheets for opportunities, for places that you can plug in to get some of these dormant ministries uh, back on, online uh, and get us up and running and, uh, and pull you back in uh, to the fray as to what's happening here at South. I actually think this could be an incredibly uh, revitalizing, re-energizing time. My, my guess is that some of you uh, have felt a little disconnected. And probably those of you who have felt a little disconnected is because we have a church uh, that uh, traditionally or typically or, or uh, uh, in our past has done a lot of good work together. And we've felt like, well, where do I fit in now? And I just want to say as loudly and as clearly uh, as uh, I can today that you are needed. Every single one of you is needed. And there are opportunities to plug in and to give back to our church and to do good work and to worship alongside of each other together. There are wonderful opportunities. And I, uh, I, I implore you uh, to take advantage of them. Some of you might be feeling uh, a little fried right about now uh, because a year and a half of COVID has just emptied you of everything. And maybe you're thinking the last thing you need is, uh, well, just one more job to do. And I want you to know, I, I get that. And we as a church, South Run, like, we understand that. And we will walk alongside you. And so if the last thing you would need right now is to be signing up for one more thing to do, we get it. But I would also say that there is something invigorating, something that gives you purpose and energy and, and, and a reason to be here and with friends. Uh, there is something about doing something that you love alongside other Christians in work for the kingdom that you, it's irreplaceable. I've made a few phone calls this week uh, trying to fill a couple positions uh, that, that we're desperate for. Uh, kids ministry in particular uh, has me uh, a little anxious at night. Uh, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, uh, deep sweats, and I, I think, what was that bad dream? Oh, yeah. Children's ministry. Uh, no, no, it's not quite that bad. Uh, but we do need help there. We really do. And so if that's something that you can do, something that you say, yeah, uh, I, would, uh, I, I would love to pitch in, 
we would love to have you. And so I made a few phone calls this week, and someone said to me, and God bless them because others of you, uh, if this person didn't say it to me, I know you're thinking it. And it goes like this. She said, uh, well, I just know how things are around here. If I sign up, I'm in this position for life. (laughs) Right, and you laugh because you know it's true. That is uh, something that has been the case here. And I want to just, right now, as clearly and, uh, again, as loudly as possible, say, we are changing things, right? We are asking for one year of a commitment. One year of a commitment. And if we get to uh, uh, May of next year, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, this thing that I've been doing for the last eight months or however long, it's, it's really not filling me with life, and in fact, it's zapping me of everything I am, and I'm not able to put my best for, forward, uh, and I'm not serving and worshiping like I should be, and then you come to me or to your leader uh, of whatever ministry it is, uh, and you say, uh, I'm not, we will not think twice about it, and we will say, you know what, we want you to be in a place where you are serving with passion and with cheer, uh, so, uh, some pastors send out uh, emails in which they, uh, they're asking for money uh, from their congregation because there's a budget shortfall. I'm looking at my mother-in-law here. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to do that because we don't have that problem. Praise God. Uh, I am asking for cheerful givers, though, because God does love a cheerful giver. And the kind of cheerful giving uh, I'm really pleading for is your time and your talents. And I think it's the kind of giving that indeed does give back to you in some fashion. All right, I'll stop that one there. That's track one. Parallel track two. This one gets uh, a little more personal. So a few weeks, two weeks ago, I preached a sermon um, in which uh, it was about a, uh, a gentleman in Scripture uh, who had a son uh, who was ill, and uh, he comes to Jesus, and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. You recall this one? And I, uh, that day, just so you know where I was uh, on that day as I was giving that, I felt both like uh, the man himself and, if you recall, the crowd who was around him, right, who was, who was pushing this man toward Jesus. Uh, I, I felt like both of these uh, figures or characters or a crowd, if the crowd can be a character, then both. And um, what had happened that week is uh, the situation in Afghanistan had uh, crumbled uh, in a quite striking fashion. And uh, I uh, felt in the pit of my stomach like something is just deeply wrong in our world. Uh, And what could we possibly do, right? Um, And so uh, Dina Hugel, our outreach coordinator, and I uh, began to have some conversations and uh, begin to uh, think together uh, about ideas, and then we talked to uh, Jennifer Allcroft, and then my wife got involved, and then there, and there was this confluence 
of things that began to develop very quickly and organically uh, that has led to this opportunity uh, that uh, has been presented to you for this Thursday. I want to tell you about it because uh, I have never, I shouldn't say never, in the four years I've been here, I have never felt so compelled uh, with a mission that I think fits our congregation this well. And the mission is, uh, is on a few fronts, I believe. Uh, the primary front is that uh, we uh, get to partner uh, and we get to offer aid uh, to Afghan refugees who are flying into Dulles who have what is called an SIV, which is a, uh, a special uh, immigrant visa, which means they have aided the United States in some fashion over in Afghanistan. And we get to help them resettle here in our backyard. Their kids will probably go to school with our kids. They will grow up in our neighborhoods, perhaps, and around us at least. We will bump into them at the grocery store, right? There is a, a grand opportunity here to serve this refugee population uh, that is in dire need. The, I mean, you've seen the pictures. I, I don't need to necessarily describe it to you. But you've seen uh, the devastation that has happened over there. And with them here in our area, in our backyards, as I said, we have an opportunity to do something for them in a way that feels not just like a good idea, it feels like something that if we didn't do something, we would be neglecting this opportunity. I've talked to a number of you about this by now, and every time I talk to one of you, you think, I, or you say, uh, yes, this... we." Yes, this, this is wonderful. And here's why. I, I believe that, again, this opportunity is, is quite tailor-made for what we're trying to do here at South Run Baptist Church. Because for this past summer, Dean and I have been working together, uh, and uh, of course beyond that, trying to figure out how can we get our neighbors up that hill uh, and at our church, right? And you know what we decided? We thought, well, we'll do a food truck festival where we'll have three Sundays where we can all invite our friends and bring people up here who would otherwise not be up here. Ever since we began to, uh, we have already begun collecting boxes, uh, begun collecting items uh, for the Afghan uh, refugee resettlement. Uh, and we have had more people up on our hill who have nothing to do with South Run Baptist Church than uh, I've seen up here in quite a long time, if you don't count the scouts, um, which we probably should count. But, uh, and this, to me, makes my heart incredibly happy. As the pastor of this church who is trying to build relationships, not just uh, amongst other Christians, but with our neighborhood and our community that uh, is beyond the walls of Christianity, 
I would love nothing more than to be uh, working alongside people who are coming into our church building, coming up to our church property, that we get to build relationships with, working side by side with, to do a very good thing for some people who are in need. This, to me, is a win-win. We are helping Afghan refugees. We are partnering and and getting uh, opportunities to build relationships with people who would otherwise not be here. And all, all of this, I think, toward the kingdom of God. And it's quite possible, you might ask me, well, Eric, is this, is this being done in Jesus' name, right? Is this work being done in Jesus' name? And here is my response. That's your job. <laughs> That's my job. If you do come and if you do participate and, uh, and if this becomes something that our church rallies around and, and, and we do begin to uh, build out these care packages and we begin to help these families resettle and we start to build relationships with the people who are doing the work and we are starting to build relationships with the Afghans who are coming in, well, then it's up to us to do this in Jesus' name, right? Because personally... If you want my two cents on how missions best works, it best works in relationship. I think you could hand out all the tracks you want while sitting in the, the courtyard of Giant or something, and it, you know, it is what it is. But if you build a relationship with somebody, and you bring them in, and you, you let them see what the, uh, the church, what South Run Baptist Church stands for, and how we love one another, and how we care for one another and for the world. There's a power in that that no track is able to convey, right? I think this is a grand opportunity. I think it has fallen in our lap. And I think... There's many ways to participate in it. There's the simple giving, right? And there's, uh, there's the, uh, the things that we actually do really well. We're like set up to do this part. There's the building. So if you go downstairs right now, there's a, like a wall filled with Amazon packages. And just so you know uh, what's in those, and then if you go in the basement, there's some more. They're, they're, they're like kitchen packs. And they are living room packs and they are bathroom packs, and, and so what happens is then all of these boxes that have been sent from literally all over the United States to here by people who care and want to help in some fashion, well, a group probably from our church and from beyond the walls of our church will begin to pack those packs together and build a, a kitchen pack and a, and a bathroom pack and, a, and a, a living room pack. And then we get the phone call that says we have a, a family that has just flown in and they're about to move into their apartment. And then we race over there and we, we take a kitchen pack with us and, and a living room pack with us and, and, and all the packs and we set up an apartment. So this family is not moving into nothingness, they're moving into a furnished apartment. 
And then that family we would build relationships with. And as I've said, we're building relationships with the people that we're working arm in arm with. And to me, again, I, I think there is tremendous power in this opportunity. What is also wonderful to see is that there are, uh, uh, there are any number of other churches probably working along the same lines, but uh, this group that uh, has begun to coalesce, it's called Nova Raft, by the way, it is made up of Christians and non-Christians alike, uh, but Westwood Baptist uh, and um, uh, Parkwood Baptist uh, are currently uh, the, make up the, the three Baptist churches uh, that are beginning to help out uh, with this group. And Westwood, by the way, which is where this church was birthed out of, and Parkwood, they've got these huge trailers sitting in their parking lots right now, right? And those trailers will begin to be filled with items that will eventually make their way into the homes of these Afghan uh, refugees. Coming back to where we all started. What does it mean to be a people who worship? What does it mean to be a people who offer sanctuary? I think it means that we do things like this if this is something that gives you life. If this is something that brings you joy, that, that you think is, is worthwhile, we want you on that team. And I want you on the teams that we've got you, uh, uh, that, that are out there uh, waiting for you to sign up for as well. And, and doing the work of the church is both, I think, how we create sanctuary as a church and how we live into it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come and we know that you uh, have uh, told us, Lord, uh, that uh, we are called to the least of these, that you yourself uh, spent time uh, as someone fleeing uh, from persecution, from your birth. And Lord, uh, we desire to be a, uh, a community, a church that ministers to those kinds of people as well. I certainly desire that. God, I pray that this week and in the coming weeks that your Holy Spirit guide us, that it direct us very clearly in the way we are to go, that what we do be done in Jesus' name, that that one thing that is needed and that is sitting at your feet, that always be there as the thing that we stand on, as the reason we're here, our reason for being, and that all of the work that we do, the service that we do, that it be done in that, and that indeed it would be a worship 
service to you, that you be glorified by it. God, we thank you for the many, many resources that you have given this church. I pray now that you give us wisdom to use them well. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, let's stand together. We'll sing one final song. It's a hymn. I ask for us to sing. Um, Take my life and let it be consecrated. Let's sing together. <clears throat>